Welcome to the Dribble Podcast, your weekly fix of all things Perth Wildcats and Aussie basketball. Presented by Perth Now. Hello and welcome to the Dribble Podcast where we take you inside the Wildcats camp in Sydney ahead of the blockbuster clash with the Kings. My name's Chris Robinson from Perth Now in the West and while I haven't been lucky enough to make the trip to New South Wales, the man on the phone has three-time NBL champ and Perth Wildcats vice-captain Greg Hyer. How are you over there, Greg? I'm sensational. I mean, it's uh, we thought, would we have a difficulty recording a podcast? But for our loyal fans, we've got to make sure we're on, we're on song. So, uh, fortunate enough, technology at its finest. I can, I can call in. Um, and record another fantastic show. That's right. Your commitment to the podcast, the same as your commitment to grabbing an offensive rebound, just relentless anything for the cause. How's the um, how's the prep been over there in Sydney, Greg? It's a, a huge build-up, obviously a longer build-up with the international break thrown in last weekend. Uh, you guys top of the ladder, Sydney with a star-studded roster and, and among the title favourites. Does it feel bigger than your average game over there? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, like... It, at the start of the season when you're looking at pictures of one that I sort of circled I mean I've got total admiration for what Bogue has done mm. um, in his international NBA career and so it's sort of a game where you know obviously I think they're still playing great basketball and um, you know they've only been they're sitting third it was a game that you really want to see yourself if you're going to be a championship contender you want to sort of win these these games especially being on the road so um, plenty of excitement it feels like an eternity that we you know play that game against New Zealand and, and got up mm. um, obviously we met the Boomer guys uh, over here today and you know to be honest in a game like this it's nice to actually get over to New, uh, sorry to, to Sydney a couple of days earlier and, and get ready for some prep you know it's um you know, if it wasn't such a with the financial constraints, I'd love to like, travel two days early. My wife would be happy me saying that, getting away <laughs> from the family. But to be honest, yeah, you know, you get the legs. You know, we had a really solid uh, hit out today, and um, yeah, really fine to get going. I mean, it's uh, another doubleheader as the games go. But to, to play to um, to start the round, what a better game, I reckon. Yeah, the um, the question all Wildcats fans want answered and update on the the main man Bryce Cotton. You guys have had a training session um, today. How's he holding up, and, and what do you think his chances are of facing the Kings tomorrow night? Yeah, look, he uh, he trained with us, um, did like a sort of the first start of practice, and then um, basically we put a green vest on him and said, "Don't touch him." So um, yeah, look, still very light duties. Um, so, I mean, we brought him over here for a reason, and that is to, to give him, um, you know, the last minute to, to be able to play and and to get up. And um, you know, it, it, every single day it's improved. You know, from the get go, I thought, you know, last week, yeah, there's absolutely no chance. But now he's, you know, sorry, dribbling and he's catching and and shooting and uh, making shots. It's funny, you know, you get to throw uh, through a few throwaway comments as soon as he misses one shot. You just sort of say, don't worry, it's the hand. It never happened. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully, um, he, yeah, he pulls up. Um, but, yeah, yeah, positive signs. Um, as I said, I don't know. I mean, we haven't really put it, but it's, you know, it's um, yeah, you, you give those sort of injuries uh, until game day. Yeah. So, so if you had to guess one way or another whether he's going <laughs> to get out there or not, which way would you be leaning right now? <laughs> Uh, I would be sitting on a fence with a very sore bum, mate. So uh, that's what I'll be doing. <laughs> okay, well, fingers crossed. Um, his his hair. We need to discuss every aspect of Bryce, oh, of course. Good. The cornrows are gone. What's happened there? 
Mate, I actually was uh, quite disappointed too because I've been alluded to that uh, we haven't lost since he's had the cornrows. Correct. Um, and then, yes, yeah, so I saw him on, uh, I think, during the break, he, yeah, I sort of said, why did you get the cornrows out? And he sort of was like, yep, yeah, um, I'm getting him back in. But we've flown over here and the cornrows are still not back in. So I don't know whether um, it's going to cost him uh, quite a, a significant amount of money because he's redoing them every three or four days. Yeah. Um, but... Um, yeah, or he's just going for a different haircut. But then, to give you, I mean, I can't tell you if he's going to play or not, um, but I can tell you from next week, um, he's actually going to be uh, bringing out a brand new hairstyle um, that isn't cornrows, but will be turning some heads. So, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's going to be quite exciting for, for the Red Army fans, that's for sure. That's an exciting development to reveal on the <laughs> podcast. Can, can you give us a hint as to what it is? Has he sort of announced this in front of the team that this is going to happen? No, it's just to me. Okay. Um, He's just I'm, giving you some fodder for the podcast. Exactly right. But no, usually I annoy him all the time, and so I'm always just hanging around him just trying to I give him, you know, yeah, I'm just a little pest. Like I'm, you know, I'm 30 years old. I, to stay young and relevant, I've got to try and be up with, with these young kids. And so, um, yeah, he was talking with Tariko about raids and all that sort of stuff. And I, they've got a name. Like they, the, those guys, uh, Bryce and Tariko, have got a name for that hairstyle, and I don't know what it is. And so it's sort of, yeah, I don't know. Look, mate, it's basically I think maybe five or six threads. So maybe someone on the podcast could maybe help us out. Um, but it's like, yeah, sort of, there'll be a part in the middle. And when I said that, Bryce looked at me like I'm a complete idiot. Um, and I said, oh, I sort of had, you know, I was like, mate, I had a top night and I was in. Like, I'm, I'm fashionable. I'm with culture. So, you know, don't look at me like I don't know my sort of stuff. So, um, but yeah, he'll be bringing it out next week or Sunday in Cairns, I'd imagine. So okay. we'll see what happens. One to keep an eye out on. And I'm sure fans <laughs> would be hoping that you bring back the um, the mullet sort of childhood model um, <laughs> look that you had for a sort of retro hairstyle around. Maybe that's something Damo you could do. Had his- if Damo had his way, he yeah he he started a bloody campaign. Silly <laughs> so, enough for me, I sort of um, not knowing Damo's limits, he started buying fake Instagram followers and likes to get it across the line. Commitment but, um, to yeah, the cause, I love it. Exactly right. Um, how how is Damo and the rest of your? Well, it's really just Damo who's um, in line for return. Is is yeah. he good to go? And also Gus, um, obviously, has been on limited minutes um, when he came back against New Zealand. Everyone else fit and healthy. Yeah, Gus was sensational today at training. Actually, it was nice to sort of see him. I think that's the one thing, you know, when you, especially like a guy like him who's a bit of a physical um, specimen, when he sort of misses some games, you sort of miss that touch and mm. um, and you just miss that sort of that, the way the game flows. And, and, you know, that very first game he, he got back in, I think we didn't have a break for about four or five minutes. And so he was just absolutely on, running an empty at, at, the, at the end of that sort of quarter. Um, but yeah, today really, really good. And I think obviously him and Tommy, I think they're relishing the challenge against going, you know, one of the most the, the premier big men in the league. So they'll obviously get up for that. Damo's been good. Um, he'll obviously still be on, I guess, limited duties. But when you try and tell Damo that, um, you, know, you basically got no chance. And uh, it'll be interesting to see that dynamic of him and, and Mitch. I mean, one, I think I'm excited to see them both on the court at the same time. I mean, that's that's a pretty confronting sort of front line to see them both go against guys and obviously yep. with, you know, they've got two uh, guys and, and Kev and, and Randall that have the basketball in their hands a lot of the time um, you know, that we're, we're definitely going to throw that out at, at a time as well so 
Yeah, he's good. Um, I mean, just like him is always missing. You know, you can't replicate the intensity of a game at training. Whilst we, I, I always say training is harder than a game. Uh, once you, you actually get out there, so yeah, you'll be expecting to see Damo. Um, you know, <laughs> breathing hard at some point. Um, but yeah, no, he looks good and um, excited for him to come back because he's obviously um, seen the success of the team and wants to be a part of it. And as much as you know, he is involved. Um, you never until you're back on the court for boys. You can't really truly share in the uh, the energy and the effort. So yeah, pumped to get out, to get our back. That's for sure. Absolutely. And that uh, that backcourt battle, as you say, with Damo and, and Mitch Norton up against Kevin Leash and Jerome Randall, has a bit of a feel of unstoppable force against immovable object to it. Um, <laughs> sure. Sydney just so potent. That's sort of when you look at their team, they they have a real particularly offensive potency. Obviously, Randall is the the franchise player. Bogut's the big name. Um, Kevin Lish is a, a former teammate of yours who's an absolute stud uh, Brad Newley is a guy who often gets forgotten about on this Sydney team who's an Olympian as sort of the, the fourth guy on this team I mean what do you guys sort of see as the key to slowing them down um, and in particular with Bogues uh, he, he likes to sort of catch the ball up high at the free throw line at the top of the arc and then he's such a good passer from there um, and such a good screener do you try and, and sort of deny him touches as well how big a focus is that? Yeah, as you said, their lineup on paper is ridiculous, and I think that's what they're still trying to find out. You've got so many weapons. How do you, uh, you know, make that effective? I mean, you, you you've got names like that, and then you've got Kicker on the bench, yeah. where is an import, and I think Bowen's been fantastic, mm-hmm. and and Kyden, you know, can can get it going as well. So you look at that; they are tough. I mean, and for them, I mean, for an alarm, not alarming, but a you know, a stat that's. They're shooting the three ball exceptionally well. I think you know they've uh, they're the highest in the league in terms of three point percentage, and they're a guy that's most probably uh, the lowest in their three point percentage is Daniel Pickett at thirty seven. Like we sort of had a bit of a laugh today at our scouting report. You know, Daniel Pickett. We, we're talking, you know, Adnan, Kev, and all these guys are shooting above forty, and then you've got um, you know Brad Newell is shooting at forty three, and that's always been the question mark in his game. And then you've got Pickett shooting thirty seven. So you're sort of like, wow, that's you know. How do you pick your poison? So, yeah, definitely tough. So for us, we obviously know their strength um, offense, and we and we've got to limit that. Um, they're not really a, a transition orientated team, so yeah, we've really got to get them outside of their um, half court sets, and that, and by doing so, you've got to make them feel uncomfortable. And uh, Bogut leads their team in assists, so that shows what uh, what he is doing in the in the game. And so we've got to really limit his impact and try and. You know, yeah, as, as you said, get the ball over his hands and not let him have free reign. Like he's an opposing figure, seven footer that can throw the ball. He's so smart. You know, you watch. You know, we've been watching scouts and you know the passes he's making is absolutely sensational. So mm. yeah, really needs to do that. I think the way we've got to try and get the ball out of you know Jerome and Kev's hands, uh, up, you know, in the backcourt. You know, pressure them ninety four feet. So they're not initiating the offense. Let another guy initiate the offense, and then um, you know from us. Um, Make them play 24 seconds of D for you know we can't have silly possessions and get really quality quality looks. You know, obviously, I think they are as you said very potent uh, offensively. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you would say their weakness is defensively. You know, so tie these guys like Jerome Randall uh, down. You know, set some great picks so that you know, come the fourth quarter of a game when you know they're you know they're obviously very very quality outfit is that. You know, you've got a guy that's absolutely gassed and hopefully starts shooting some short shots. And, um, you know, for us, we, we try and get guys to shoot long twos and, and contest. Jerome lives off that. He's, you know, an undersized guy. And 
has lived off, you know, hesitation dribbles um, and all that sort of stuff. So we will just, we'll, we'll throw a multitude of looks. Obviously, can't say everything because obviously, if Andrew Gaze listened to our, our podcast, he'd be like, oh, well, that's what they're going to do. But we'll definitely throw a, a number of looks at these guys and, and try and make them too uncomfortable. Yeah, Jerome Randall has the um, has the knack of making a, a sort of long range two, long range semi contested two, which is one of the the lowest percentage shots in the game. He has a knack of making Correct. it look very, very reliable. Um, Andrew Bogan and, and Damien Martin, for anyone who saw the Sunday Times, it did a bit of a feature on, on these two guys uh, at the weekend. Going back to 2003, they've got a, a long history, played together on a successful Australian junior team where Bogut was the star player and, and Damien Martin was the captain. Um, they go against each other for the first time as professionals uh, tomorrow night. How, I mean, first of all, it's a good time to get Tamo back for this clash, but how, how much do you sort of sense that the big game performers um, rise to the challenge and, and these two guys being so competitive, how, how much pride is on the line just in that individual, not that they'll be going against each other per se, but in that individual sort of matchup, what does it mean yeah. to, to competitors like that? Yeah, for sure. And I think you look at a Sydney, obviously, want to be regarded as a championship contender and we're sitting on top of the ladder. Mm. So, you know, you, you look at a guy like Bogut who is going to be, you know, they've already said it in the media, is, um, you know, if you want to, you know, not only prove to your fans, but prove it to yourself that you guys are good enough to, to be, uh, you know, to win a championship, you want to go up against the best. And right now, we're sitting on top of the ladder, um, you know, so that and, and have, have been successful in recent seasons. So they want to obviously, you know, they're still, I think, you know, they're, they're developing their culture and their identity. We're, we're seeing that slowly. And so for them, um, you know, from an opposition standpoint, you know, to, to get a win against us gives them a lot of confidence. It reassures them and reaffirms what they're doing is right. And so, yeah, you, you get that up. And as you said, you know, from, from my own personal standpoint, um, you know, you go against a team like this who I think will, will figure in the playoffs, um, at, you know, at the end of the season, you, you, yeah, you, you want to get these wins. Um, and, you know, I look at them and I always thought, irrespective, I thought they would start slow because they're a new outfit, you know. Um, Andrew Boga is such a polarising figure that, mm. you know, they're going to have to figure out how what works best around him, you know. That's how, who you would build a team around, as, as good as Kev, Randall, Newley, all these guys are. Boga is the best player, I think, in the league, you know, just because of the attributes he brings. So, um, for us, yeah, I think you know we 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 obviously want to um, yeah we want to beat teams and 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 beat them on their on their home court and so that that for us I think you know there's uh, we talk about this all the time outside noise a noise there's been a lot of talk or we haven't beaten Melbourne Sydney and teams that's a small factor in the playoffs in the back of the season for us yeah it'd be nice to do that and um, whilst it doesn't really matter one game yeah I think it'd be something that. Yeah, we really want. Now we've got our whole outfit. We really say we're, we're really building something special here. Yeah. How, how much does that excite you from a personal point of view, um, Greg, to be potentially fighting against Andrew Bogut for for rebounds? I mean, what what does that mean from a personal point of view to have someone of that caliber in this league and for you to be able to go up against him and, and sort of test yourself against the best? Yeah, it, it, it's definitely exciting. I mean, I look at it and I, I think one, it. it uh, it shows the, the growth of the league. I mean, I had a chat with uh, Brad Robbins just the other day. I, I don't think, you know, the quality of the league has, has gone up in, in terms of, I don't think, um, you know, nine years ago when I got in the league, uh, the quality of your standout players were were better. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I first, you know, James Ennis, you know, like there, there was guys, you know, back then when they started playing that were, were exceptional. Like 
I mean, it's hard to compare those errors. Like Cedric Jackson in his prime, I think is, you know, whilst he's still good now, I'm not saying he's not good, but Cedric Jackson in his prime, like if he was here, I still think he, he would just be as good. And But the depth of the league in general is absolutely ridiculous. You know, like now from, you know, you see quality, like for, for Sydney to have one to nine guys who are either Olympians or played in Europe or imports is, is, is silly, you know. And, um, yeah, and then you, you bring back a guy who's a former number one draft pick in the NBA, which only three or four years ago, I was, you know, once our season is done, I'm sitting on the couch hoping that he wins the championship for the Golden State Warriors. Like, it's, it's bananas to think that a guy that, you know, you had so much pride for when he got drafted number one, when I guess the, you know, when there wasn't nine Australians in the NBA, to yeah. now going, like, he's actually in the league, you know, and he's going to be in the league for two or three years, has shown what the league's doing and that you can bring back these quality guys. And it's not like a sort of, you know, it's not like in... I still think he could play in the NBA and factor in a position. Like, he's still very good and what he can do. And it's not like when you have A-league guys and not criticising them where you bring a guy like a, a William Dallas who's out of the, you know, 38 and not really playing mm. anymore and yeah. being effective. You're bringing a guy that I think will factor in the World Cup and Olympic campaigns and um, obviously his, his role has, has changed and as his role changed from when he first started Millie Bucks to what he was at Golden State as a defensive presence. So, yeah, it is it is extremely exciting. I think, you know, like even I sort of had, in, in a way had a little bit of a I don't want to sound like idolising the guy but when I met with, uh, we had a player delegates meeting at the very start of the year you sort of were like that's Andrew Bogart a guy that I looked up to or, or was was hoping of all the success in the world because you just want Australians to do well uh, well on the international front and he was a guy that at a time was the only real Aussie doing well so yeah it would be cool for sure lining up uh, against him and he, he does have a bit of a wire factor, that's for sure. Yeah, and you know, you'll be hoping he doesn't do well for one night uh, <laughs> at least and trying to make that happen. Your own personal form, Greg, for those who uh, were visitors to the, um, or those who follow the Wildcats on social media and, and on the Western Perth Now's websites, you hit a ridiculous Hail Mary trick shot at training <laughs> last week at the Bendat Basketball Centre, throwing it through the roof support beam. Can you talk us through, is that something that you try often at training, how how does that sort of come about, and also how many times have you attempted that over the course of your life before that shot has actually gone down? Um, yeah, like we sort of had some. I mean, obviously, just during the week and being a little bit of a lighter week in terms of the workload, we sort of had a little bit more free time. And usually, I'm absolutely gassed after a training <laughs> session, so I sort of got done with my normal routine of getting a few extra shots. And then uh, big, uh, big Reese Vague and myself have been having a bit of a chat. We sort of obviously with social media these days we sort of said we're going to start trying to implement a few trick shots into our um, into our social media uh, accounts yep. so that sort of happened and um, yeah everyone was sort of like there's no way that's going to uh, go down because like they've seen a few of my attempts so I had been trying it like literally maybe just as I'm finished or even like when we have video sessions at the start of the training session if I've got like five minutes before we, we head upstairs I'm like just throw about five basketballs um, anyway everyone's pretty much done so I re- oh, not going to lie it would have been about my 30th 35th uh, attempt that's still a pretty uh, nice clip from that kind of range <laughs> uh, yeah and uh, and it was done and it was good so I was recording and lucky enough the uh, the Wildcats media team were also doing like a commercial shoot for that's another fine. sort of camp. so they were just hanging around and so it was fine so yeah we'll slowly get, get a few more we've uh, we've been doing some on the on our other training court um which if it goes down, it'd be ridiculous. 
um, because it's it, on terms of level of difficulty, it's much higher than that. Those okay. main ones. So, Are you talking about from the the grandstand there, or? Well, it, it, to give you a bit of insight, obviously there's some beams, but I'm trying to shoot it back off the beam, back into the hoop. So, but like as you can understand, these beams, like if you hit one wrong point, they yeah, just it's a mile off. Yeah. This one is like complete no skill. Like this would be luck. It's just like yeah, it would just be musing. But the other day I tried. It was, was my last attempt. And it literally nearly bounced in and there was no cameras around. So I was like that close to trying to kick it as it was coming back because I was like, this could go in and I'll be gutted because <laughs> it's one of those things that you'd miss and never get it again. So, yeah, yeah always entertaining, a little bit of fun. I mean, you've, you've got to do it. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, it has no effect. Whatever shot I make is not helping me out shooting threes at the moment. But uh, maybe I should... Maybe I should stop doing that. <laughs> I'm sure it'll give you some confidence heading into the weekend. Hey, um, the Binar Cup Challenge that you guys held on Sunday, uh, a great stitch in time event down there at the Loftus Centre. How did it go? An all-day event um, helping out sort of the Indigenous kids. How how pleased were you with the success of that on Sunday? Absolutely sensational. I mean, we one, we wanted to provide an opportunity for the kids, basically youth of, of in Western Australia that, you know, unfortunately sometimes may not be able to do so due to financial obligations or just not being able to be a part of a basketball club. And so we obviously create an event where, you know, free uh, at no cost to, to participants and um, try and, you know, limit, you know, bring in referees at, at no cost and then also provide some, presentation, um, some you, know, um, you know, incentives or prizes mm-hmm. for winners. So it was really cool. We had Absolutely unreal support. I mean, I put some stuff on social media if people want to get around it. But here we had about 160 kids and, um, you know, from 7.30 to 7.30, you know, there was some quality basketball. And, and the, the thing that I was most impressed with was just the manner that they went about it, you know. Kids from all diverse sort of backgrounds. Um, you, you, had, you had teams filling in for everyone, you know, if there was a team sort of was struggling for numbers or, you know, a, a kid was, you know, 13 would play in under 18. It was ridiculous just how, how cool that was and, um, just competitive. I mean, to be honest, um, it's I think a really untapped um, demographic. You know, just um, unfortunately, these kids. You know, due to um, the, the like, I guess where they're right. living, yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, just don't have the capabilities to, to one transportation that mm-hmm. they can go to um, to these locations to train and then obviously you know basketball's not a cheap sport you know the registration costs and rightfully so I mean you've got to pay um, for referees and all this sort of stuff for, on a weekly basis but you know unfortunately these kids can't do it and some of these kids that I saw um, that I witnessed were, were exceptional I mean they're, just their raw um, athleticism was something I was just like wow and um, yeah I think it's something obviously the AFL is, is tapping into that market and they can do that and it, more so obviously your one I think you're getting exceptional athletes, but I think uh, what what you could do is really mentor these uh, individuals and really help them out so mm-hmm. that, you know, from a lifestyle st- sort of standpoint, they can really not only have an impact in their um, in the community, but on, the, on their own families and themselves, and I think that's a powerful thing. So, yeah, from an overall uh, time standpoint, yeah, absolutely outstanding. I, you know, I'm looking forward to hopefully um, to growing that. We, we definitely will. We've already got some plans where we can... Um, do another event similar um, next year in, a, in an outdoor sort of space, an outdoor basketball court, and also make it sort of a festival, you know, um, where basketball is obviously so much competitive uh, mess around it, but 
um, yeah, have a, a really great atmosphere where people come together uh, one day and, and actually, yeah, work together for something uh, to create a, a very lasting impact. Excellent, mate. We look forward to seeing that get bigger and better as it goes on. Um, a couple of quick Twitter questions before we let you get back to the team. This one you'll enjoy, mate. This is from Jimmy Jams. A hypothetical for Greg. You have to pick one teammate to appear on each of the following reality TV show formats. A cooking show, a singing show, and a dating show. Who do you choose for each? I'm not sure how these questions come through, but if you, okay. you got to choose well, one cook, one singer, and one guy to go on a dating show, who you got? All right, so this is good, a very good one. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, generally, you'd say Bryce could be perfect at everything, but this is where <laughs> his issue is. He's a horrible cook, so I would rule him out. But okay. what I would do, so cooking show, Jesse Wagstaff, Okay, what's he what's he cooking? Unbelievable, unbelievable quiche. Um, wow. If if they're I, I'm not going to lie here. Wildcat fans, hit him up. Um, I'm happy to give you his mobile number. But he, um, if if I had if I looked in the menu and it said Jesse Wagstaff quiche, I would buy it like it is absolutely sensational. So I put it up there, and, and plus he does all the cooking in his household. So there's there's him. That's uh, and that's. Je- I hope I'm not speaking out of school here, but Jesse, was, I'm pretty sure Jesse was helping Damo put together a safe the other day or install a safe. Oh. He just, Jesse just seems like the all-round talented kind of guy. Yeah, I mean he is. He's an engineer. He's a master <laughs> of traffic management. Uh, <laughs> like there is a he he actually had his own business for a while there. Unfortunately, um, because he's got two kids now, it's been sort of surpassed in the priority list but yeah. it used to be called Jazembled where basically if you needed Ikea furniture assembled he would do it so um, he actually takes a lot of he gets a lot of satisfaction from doing that If that's the one thing I'm excited about like when I go to Ikea yeah. I can call Jesse and he'll get my house by the time I get yes. home and he's ready that's, so a, he's that's, a, that's a good market to tap into frustrated people needing their right. Ikea equipment assembled <laughs> Well, basically, you've got a market because of Damien Martin because there's a lack of doing anything <laughs> like that. I mean, he'll sell anything he's got. So, you know, he, if there's wheeling and dealing, Damien Martin is what we call him. But, yeah, in terms of that, he's got nothing on man to help. Uh, in terms of dating, Nick yep. Kay, he's the only single guy on the team. Okay. So um, I would put him up there and... You know, as we said on this show, like he's he's a pretty, you know, he's great on the basketball yep. court, but I think he's a bit of a hopeless romantic as well. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, moving to Perth, um, you know, he's starting to get his, a bit, some, grow out the beard, a little bit, some haircut. So I think he's getting a little bit more trendy. The guy from Tamworth, I think he's really investing into the Perth culture. So I'd put Nick Kay up there. Excellent. Um, singing. Who would be a good singer? Um, well, I would generally say... Uh, are, you, are you ruling? Right. Are you ruling yourself out of this? Oh, horrible, mate! If you've seen me sing Disney tunes to my kids in the bath, there's absolutely no chance there. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'd put up Tom Jervis um, because out of all the guys, he is bloody amazing at remembering movie lines and lyrics. So there's one guy that wouldn't be stumped on stage. So might not sound good, but he at least gets the words out properly. So. <laughs> Uh, and I think it'd be quite amusing seeing a seven foot, seven foot. I get up there and try and sing. So yeah, Tommy Jervis for sure. Excellent. Well, I hope that answers your question, Jimmy Jams. <laughs> um, and another one from Mike Cale. How weird was it going up against Jared Kenny? And was there any trash talk pre, post, or during the game? You guys have obviously got the chance to play against each other again on Sunday um, back in Perth. How how weird was that going up against a guy who's such a good mate of yours? 
Yeah, quite bizarre. Um, one, because like, I obviously like I know his strengths and weaknesses, and so there was a few times in the game like I felt felt like he was a bit like even uh, when even he was playing with us, I thought he played a bit timid at times. Mm-hmm. And so like I everyone just want to say, mate, just like let it fly, like have you know take over. Um, obviously, even against us, as bizarre as that was, because you, you do. I mean, he's a really good mate of mine, so you just wish success on yep. on that. Um, so it was a bit weird for sure. There was plenty of like, yeah, uh, talk um, before. I mean, definitely afterwards, but beforehand, we sort of um, yeah exchanged words and during our sort of um, you know when when there was three, three oh, I think it might have been a free throw line or him was. We sort of just yeah threw a few comments uh, our way. Um, but during it before, I mean, even before, I was just like, mate, you know, I'm definitely getting offensive rebounds over you. And he told me he was going to flop, make sure I got the foul. I don't think we were in any instances. But there was one time I think I may have got a cut on him. And I was about to score. And even after the game, we are talking about it. Because as soon as I was in my head thinking I want to score, and I was going to talk crap to him, because I usually would say he's too small. Yeah. And he thought he was going to block it. So he was excited to like, actually say, get that out of here. <laughs> Um, or too small, but then I had to pass it because I think I saw Rob Lowe coming down to try and absolutely smack it out of the way. So, um, yeah, it was uh, yeah, it's good. It's good to have that, but it's always a bit a bit weird. It's good to get it out of the way. It'll be interesting once he gets here on uh, the Perth Arena. I hope the fans acknowledge what he's done. Yeah, yeah. being a championship winner and um, yeah, an integral part of the team, and he's coming over my house on Sunday um, to catch up. So it'll be nice. Excellent. Uh, crystal ball time. I said last week that the two Mitches, McCarran and Norton, would tear up Iran and Qatar, and they did, along with the rest of the Boomers team that uh, won both games handsomely. You said that you guys will have a full roster for tomorrow night, so we'll wait and see oh, if that uh, if that ends up happening with Bryce. Fingers crossed, obviously, for Wildcats fans that it does. My crystal ball, continuing the Jared Kenny theme, I think you're going to see him hit a corner three on <laughs> Sunday, which would be so appropriate. It was sort of... Forever his spot on the court, uh, hit a couple of really, really big ones through his Wildcats journey. I think you'll find him just sneaking into one of those familiar corners and knocking down a triple against you guys on Sunday. What do you got, Greg? Kenny's corner for sure. Uh, look, Jesse loves Sydney. I mean, if you haven't run, he's had a few massive games yeah, here. Yeah. Oh, I think he's going to actually have a bit of a blind. I've been put the onus on him being my roommate and just uh, uh, giving me the nod. But I think he'll have 20 points uh, on on Thursday or tomorrow night yep. and then I'm thinking Tariko White he's been sensational so this this last little break so I think you actually see him score 20 on both occasions it's a little smiling assassin he is yeah good Jesse looking to carry on from that 13 point uh, last quarter last time sure. out against New Zealand Greg we'll let you get back to the team thanks so much for your time mate and best of luck for the double header this weekend appreciate it Ryan. thank you and to our listeners stay tuned to Perth Now in the West we'll chat to you next time the Dribble Podcast is brought to you by Perth Now your home of sporting action from home and abroad